1: The Dateable podcast features real stories from real people of how they make modern dating work, or not. I'm your host, Yue, former dating coach turned dating insider, if you will. On each episode, you'll hear commentary from my producer, Julie Kraftchik, and other surprise co-hosts. This episode of Dateable is brought to you by 500 Brunches, Hey everyone! Welcome to another episode of Dateable, a show all about modern dating. And when we talk about modern dating, finances seem to come up as something we talk about with our friends, but couples don't necessarily talk about the the really important financial questions, right? And I, I I've personally had I'm really uncomfortable talking about money. I don't know about you, Julie. I'm like just uncomfortable. Talking about anything like splitting and like who's responsible for what. So, today we're going to get to the bottom of it all. We have Joe Gavaza here. He's a founder of Gavaza Wealth Management and Financial Advisor uh, since 2002. He manages asset accumulation, protection, and distribution via wealth management strategies.
2: How's everyone doing out there? Hey.
1: And you look super credible because you have a blazer on and pants. So And a black binder. And a black binder. <laughs> to me, if you have a blazer and pants and a binder, you're
2: pretty legit. I thought about showing up without pants, but I didn't know how I was going to go over, so...
1: You didn't get the memo? <laughs> and for anybody curious, how do we record these episodes? We're actually on the floor... Um, without our shoes. It's just like one of those it's situations. It's super zen. You know, we we try to keep it casual and fun. So that's where we're at. But let's talk about money. I want to read this statistic really quick. According to Citibank, 57% of divorced couples cited money problems as the primary reason for the demise of their marriage. Joe, what do you think about that? <laughs>
2: It doesn't surprise me, actually. 40% of couples before marriage don't even talk about money. Mm -hmm. So people get to a certain point in their relationship where they kind of build up all the stress. And then it comes out and it comes out as an argument because there's been – no one's really laid any framework until then. So, yeah, that doesn't surprise me at all.
1: So why do you think people – don't want to talk about it. What what is it about money that makes people uncomfortable?
2: Growing up I feel like people have told us our whole lives Mm -hmm. that you don't talk about what money and religion generally politics Politics, exactly. Mm -hmm. And and that's a part of it. But I think that we have to give ourselves a little bit more credit and start to observe and, you know, discover what people's goals are. And maybe we're not doing such a great job doing that, identifying and setting goals early on. I think if you set goals early on, get aligned, then maybe that 52% of people could have had a better outcome.
1: I guess the issue when it comes to dating and money is that when you first start dating someone, their money is their business. My money is my business. At what point does their money become my business as well?
2: Exactly, and that's pretty <laughs> much a feeling, isn't it? Mhm. Uh-huh. At in the beginning you're dating someone and guess what? That person that you're dating owns all of their own bad habits. Yeah, I own all of my bad habits and I own all of my good habits and they own all of their good habits. But at some point in the relationship, if you're getting serious, you kind of have to identify a point where you say, if we're going to get serious and this is going to go any further, then I might need to observe some sort of Habits That this person has and maybe bring up a couple of topics because it doesn't have to be the money conversation doesn't have have to happen all at once. Right. It can be brought up subtly. And so it's not really a subject that you just blurt out unless you really know each other, which is fine because some people actually do that.
1: Yeah. But it's like breaking the ice. Once you bring it up, then you can just bring up
2: anything. There are gentle ways to break the ice.
0: (laughs) What are some ways that you would suggest like to someone if you're just starting to date someone, some ways to like kind of scope it out without being overtly obvious?
2: So my recommendation for people that are just starting to date someone is only to observe their habits. When you find out that you actually want to be with somebody – It's starting to get serious just saying, wow, I can actually have a future with Mm -hmm. this person. Right at that cusp where things are starting to turn, maybe open yourself up, reveal something about yourself and tell them a little bit about you. I've given examples to clients, maybe casually in conversation, bring up something about, oh, I kind of updated my budget today or. I enrolled in my 401k or I increased my contribution to my 401k. You know, just bring up the topic casually and see kind of what it yeah. takes.
0: If they're like, what's a 401k? Or they're yeah. like, I,
2: I, I contribute to mine too. Like, I feel like most
0: couples
1: bring up money, at least when they're dating. It's either in the terms of they have an abundance of it or they have a lack of it. So it's kind of like, I got a promotion today or... I'm so
0: broke. But nobody yeah. ever talks
1: about their money management with each other, right. which is kind of important
0: to talk about. And I think it's super interesting is people, like especially women, always judge men based on their like job mm-hmm. and like how much they make and all of that, but they don't think about like their habits and it's not just how much you make, but it's like your earning potential and how you actually spend that money.
2: Well, you kind of nailed it right there. It's it's all about the mindset, and that's the key to the formula in my opinion, when you're talking about goals as a couple, the goals that have or are a product of any type of money and mindset, you really need to know where the person stands in terms of income and savings and debt. But most importantly, what their mindset is. Mm -hmm. Because if they know how to budget if they're not running up 30 or $40,000 on their credit card and making the minimum payment or 80,000 or whatever, depends on, you know, where you're at in life. Right. If, if they're not coming into a relationship with those hurdles, then maybe you can really build together and not to say that, by the way, someone can't overcome that, but they've got to be able to, They've got, to be able, on it. they've got to be able to commit to a plan and align goals with you.
1: So before we go into money rehab, <laughs> <laughs> what are some red flags that people can pay attention to in terms of what you're saying, mindset and behaviors?
2: You know, in the beginning, you clearly don't want to be with someone who's bouncing or uh, getting their credit card declined at
1: Oh, that's never it's, a good
2: sign. It's, 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 it's just a sign of poor money management. Uh-huh. Okay. And it happens to everybody. I get it at some point in their life. And hopefully mm-hmm. it's not the one time you're taking out this <laughs> amazing person and you're so stressed out. You forget to pay your credit card bill. Oh, my goodness. And by the way, you spent $300 instead of $80 because you guys are having such a great time and it just puts you over. I get that 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 happens, but if it becomes like a consistent thing, where or if somebody's borrowing money from you, or they just seem to be leaning on you quite a bit early on, I mean, who really does that? Mm -hmm. Most people like to go into relationships standing on their own. So those are some red flags early on.
0: I think one other thing, like you could also observe how they're spending money on you, because like especially from a man to a woman, usually it's not the reverse, so it's harder in that case. But like. In the moment, it sounds like amazing. You're know, mm-hmm. like, oh, I'm going on all these fancy trips. I'm doing all this stuff. Yes, if someone can support that, then that's great. But there's also a chance that they're racking up debt doing that type of stuff. I have these
1: uh, these two friends. They're married to each other, but when they were dating, she was very much enamored by the way he was spending on her. He would take her out to elaborate dinners, elaborate theater shows, buy her gifts. And after they got married, she ended up having to help him pay for his debt because not only was he whining and dining her, but he also with, was whining and dining the women before he met her. And is
2: after they got married?
1: After they got married, she ended up paying for debt. So I, I actually hear this story happening a lot. Where couples don't know each other's debt situation and then they get married and they're like, wait, you're $50,000 in the hole and I have to help you pay for that. How do you bring up this? You talked about debt. Okay. How do you bring that up?
2: It's, It's pretty much the same way you reveal. Just reveal yourself first. Okay. And it depends really on where the relationship is. If you're early on, you reveal yourself, but before you get married... If you're not willing to put everything out on the table, there might be a problem. Mm -hmm. So if you are so serious and you think marriage is in the future, maybe you're engaged, maybe you're not, but you're serious. At the end of the day, why shouldn't you be able to say, hey, let's set a date. I need to know about a few things. Yeah. Yeah. Have a drink, have a cocktail (laughs) and just lay it out.
1: I've noticed that student debt is the least sensitive debt for people oh, yeah. to talk about. That's actually a good way to bring up debt. I just paid off the last of my student loan bills. Right. It's like an accomplishment. Yeah, I accomplished. <laughs> yeah. I have no more debt. What about you? How are, do you have any student loans that you're paying off? Right. Yeah. That's, it's a good way because people aren't as sensitive about that.
2: Right. Sure. Absolutely. Because it's, it's common to get, have someone that has student debt. I mean, this is the way we all get through school, right? Mm -hmm.
0: Maybe it comes down to like conversations about being spenders or savers too, like how you actually Mm. manage that money. That's a mindset. That's the mindset you were talking about. That
2: is absolutely a mindset.
1: Yeah. Are you the type of person who has to put away a little bit each month
0: from your your paycheck or are you the type of person who likes to spend to the max? right? Right. It might be you just spend your whole paycheck and you're living paycheck to paycheck or you're in debt. It doesn't. It could be either of the book, either or. Mm-hmm. And a good way to bring that up is that
1: I've seen um, people bring up their parents. Oh, my parents are major savers, which is true. My parents mm-hmm. save and I feel like they're not enjoying life as much because they're saving so much. Um, how do you feel about that? What are your thoughts on that?
2: So, yeah, I've I've heard that quite a bit and I feel like for some reason – Generations are a little bit different than their parents' generations. Definitely, many people out there will take their parents' uh, strategy in stride and kind of go with it. Yeah, but then a lot of them, a lot of them will say, "Well, my life is different. Yeah, and this is the way I'm going to live it."
0: Like I think I consider myself a saver, but I also don't like save to the max that I'm like not enjoying life. Sure, but my parents like, balance save to the max, so it could be like an opener that like, yeah, I inherited this trait from my parents, but I also saw how it like was a disservice to them. Yeah. You kind of just have like a more fluid
2: conversation.
0: Definitely. And
2: sometimes it has to deal that has to do with, you know, the way uh where people are in the world. I mean everybody's got these fixed costs, right? We all have to have a roof over our head. We all have to get we all have to eat. We all have to do certain things. Yeah. And then we've got our variables, especially with your parents, you've got children to raise, right? They've got children to raise. Being single in a big city or a small city you know, we definitely have to have a roof over our head. Yep. We have to eat, but we have some leeway here. I mean, I don't know if you guys know, but to raise a child these days, it's $235,000 oh to raise a child gosh. from zero to 18 years old. Yeah. That little
1: fucker might end up being such a dick to you later on, and you're like, you owe me two hundred thirty thousand. <laughs> but I think that's a good
2: point, though. It's
0: like in a big city, though, like someone might not have much savings. But it yeah. doesn't necessarily mean that they're like not equipped long term. Like you mm-hmm. and them could get together, and you guys can move somewhere that's more financially affordable and sure. like have a different lifestyle. So I don't know if you can like necessarily judge people solely on, like, savings and some of, like, the hard stats anymore. True. I guess we can't really judge
1: people at all when you're just dating them because you're not combining your lives yet. So what are some ways that we can make our own financial situations more uh, robust?
2: Well, here's the thing. Money and having a great job and being a hard worker are part of the formula But it's entirely superficial. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So the main key is that you have to have the mindset. That's that's what's not superficial. Right. So you have to have the habits, the good habits, the, okay, guess what? I pay all my bills and I have a little bit saved for my emergency fund Mm -hmm. and I put a little bit towards my retirement and guess what? I can go to... Concerts and travel a little bit as well because I've got all of that balanced out. Totally. So what's most important is not really the job and the money, but it's the mindset. Wait, well,
0: because you could lose it all tomorrow. You like could if lose you, it all, tomorrow, and I think that's why, unemployed. like, judging someone by their occupation and all that, like. It doesn't mean anything. It's all like how they manage it. And I think to your point, which I agree with, it's like if you want someone that's financially responsible, you got to do it yourself. Yeah. You can't expect someone to save you. So what are
2: some of those good habits that
0: we should be practicing?
2: The number one thing is everyone should have a budget. Everyone should know. Monthly? Annually? Monthly.
1: Okay. Absolutely. Yeah.
2: You're going to have unexpected expenses no matter what everyone does. And so you take out your budget monthly, figure out what your costs are, and in your budget you should be trying to achieve a savings, um, a, a, a savings account, I should say, that is equivalent to six to nine months of all of your expenses. So if you know what your budget is for your month, right? What are your expenses? Mm-hmm. Multiply that between six months That's your minimum that you should have So that's not your, In your savings account I've
1: always heard earnings Your six months of your earnings But you're saying six months of your
0: expenses
2: Right Ima- imagine It makes sense
0: if you lost your job, job. Like yeah. how could you support yourself
2: Having that savings account mm-hmm. is empowering Oh mm-hmm. totally You don't have to take the next job that comes your way
1: I want to go back to when you were talking about allocation. How do you feel about – because people always complain dating is so expensive. Going on dates is expensive. Women are like, I have to you know, get new dresses and makeup and all that. And men are like, I have to pay for these drinks and dinners. Should people be allocating money in their budget for dating? Absolutely. And how much of their <laughs> annual
0: income or monthly income? <laughs> it's probably up to them, right?
2: <laughs> that should be a portion of their entertainment income. Oh, yeah. And I can't really give you a percentage Mm -hmm. because you have to know what their fixed costs are going to be. How much, what are the things that you have to meet? You have to pay rent. You have to pay your mortgage, right? One or the other. You have to eat. Mm -hmm. You have, you have certain things you have to pay for. Figure out in your budget what those things that are must haves, right? And. Then see what your variable costs are. And then mm-hmm. you have to make some adult decisions. You know, do you want to go to the baseball game with your buddies or do you want to allocate a little bit more right. um, mm-hmm. entertainment money to a date with, you know, this amazing woman you met? Yeah. I mean, wh- what do you want to do? Yeah. So those are that's where the adult decisions come in. But at the end of the day, no matter what you decide, it should be that you've met your budget, you've cleared through the month with hopefully a little bit of savings in your in your uh in your budget. This is one over. of the
1: complaints that I just cannot stand hearing, which is dating is so expensive. I feel like you know, I always like spend so much money on dating. And I'm like, then you should stop going on all these dates that go nowhere. I think people need to be smarter when it comes to dating and spending money on dates. Don't go out on a date with everyone that you match with online. You know, people need to be more selective. And when your entertainment budget runs out, stop going on dates. That's actually a great way. do more
0: like, well, this could be a double-edged sword because you don't want people to think that you're, have no money, but you could do like more cheaper, like coffee dates or park dates as the initial date. And then once they're like someone you want to invest in, step it up but then you run into issues of people thinking you're broke cuz you're suggesting to go yeah, to the park. Yeah, you're I don't very know, <laughs> creative with that one.
2: I'm just going to throw this out there because I know we're talking about money and dating, but yeah. at the end of the day, we're not really dating someone for their money, right? Because again, hope,
1: hope not. Again, yeah.
2: that's that's more of a it's yeah. more of a superficial thing. But you can get creative, right? And you can do whatever you have to do in tor- in terms of like having fun and getting to know somebody because mm-hmm. that's what really that's what dating is all about really, right. right? It's just like getting to know their personality, right. getting to know their mindset. And I, I've i gone on – so I'm engaged, right? Yes. So, you know, yes, this, I forgot
1: to mention no, that. You're that's right. fine. <laughs> that's fine.
2: But we have no problem going out to buy dinner, but we choose sometimes to like take an urban hike or go yeah. to –
0: Make dinner. The yeah, the mm-hmm.
2: Japanese tea garden, yep. right? Or make dinner, or all these other fun, fun right. types of dating experiences, and and early on, and by the way, these these types of dates shouldn't be just early on or 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 in a, the first few dates. They should be forever because you know you have to have that sort of balance. You have to be able to you know do the creative stuff, right? And maybe will it hopefully be able to do like go to a charity event and maybe right. buy, maybe buy something off the off the uh you know silent auction block or or just go out and have a good dinner or birthday go dinner and, you yeah know, you bur- want
1: what but isn't it interesting that with dating and then relationships in the beginning of with dating you want to shower each other with as many you know impressive things as possible and then once you're in a couplehood you're are trying to find ways to save money together right it kind of goes like that in the beginning you want to overspend and then once you're like comfortable with each other
0: okay I think we, people we think to, they need to impress That's yeah in why. the
1: beginning but then when they're in a couplehood it's kind of like okay we're in this together so let's talk about that now we're Where if someone's in a relationship with, if two people are in a relationship and they're talking about and thinking about a future together, what are some ways that couples can handle their finances? I know there's joint accounts, separate accounts. What do you suggest?
2: Yeah, right. Well, you know, just going back to, you know, when we first start dating, of course, we want to court each other, you know, of course, of course we do. And we're going to have a good time and we're going to try and not be, for me personally I'm going to try not be that boring saver because I'm a financial advisor and that's just what I do right <laughs> so I'm going to have a lot of fun but I'm going to try and mix it up but later on down the road you know there's these common goals that have to be addressed you know what do we want to do for the rest of our life we're we just going to continue like go to mm-hmm. Vegas on a whim or or <laughs> or what so probably not by the way probably not
1: so what about spending habits? Should right. you have sort of the same should you and your partner have the same spending habits? Yeah, like
0: the savers and savers work well yeah. or spenders and spenders.
2: Yeah, so <laughs> this kind of goes all together. For one, most most couples will compromise, right? You can kind of kind of bring it in a little bit, but a saver is gonna get super frustrated with someone who's a spender. Spender, yes. They're gonna feel like they're just being irresponsible. Mm-hmm. And a spender is gonna go out and spend and just feel like the saver is boring. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And there's gonna be a conflict. You have if you can't come to a conclusion, then then it might not work out. But guess what? I mean, pulling pulling things together doesn't have to be 50 50, by the way. If you're aligned with your goals, you can make it 70 30, depending on maybe somebody makes more money and they don't right. really care. They want to go out and spend money. Right. Right? But in terms of like a joint account and how finances are are dealt with, you know, I don't know if I mentioned this before, but 42% of people that have joint accounts also have individual accounts,
1: mm-hmm. okay?
2: And the traditional way of having an, a, a joint account or when you get married, right, the traditional way is to just bring everything together. Yeah. And that kind of gives people... A comfort and it's a symbol of unity, which I understand. Mm-hmm. But in today's environment, we have Venmo, PayPal, all sorts of different oh, easy I, ways to I like.
1: Cringe when I see my friends Venmoing their husbands or their wives. It just <laughs> makes me cringe. I just don't get it. But I'm also from a very traditional household where I think your income should, you know, you should just have a joint account. But in today's environment, like you're saying what's happening is like, as we get married later in life, we feel like we really earned that money we, we you know, made before meeting that person. So when you join accounts, it's kind of like, well, you didn't make, you didn't earn what, you know, you didn't, you don't really deserve what I've made in the last 36 years. And I've also had friends who have, assets and they have real estate or they have inheritance. And once they get married, they have a hard time saying, well, this is also my husband's or this is also my wife's. What do you have to say about that?
2: Well, first, I think you should do a whole segment on if I'm married, should I Venmo my spouse at dinner?
0: <laughs> um. Do you? Do you? I want to know.
2: No, <laughs> but I think that's. Up I actually to the don't. Couple. It is. Up I mean, to the if, couple. The, I know. if
0: that works for a the couple, totally, then that works, right?
2: No, but there's also the more modern way where if you find a goal, you get a goal, you determine what your goals are. Um, basically, in the beginning, if you're living together, right, and you're renting, mm-hmm. you have rent to pay, and you have groceries, and PG&E, and cable, and all those little things. Maybe it's not such a bad idea to set up a joint account and mm-hmm. put up a little bit of money every month in that account and start-
1: For joint paying, expenses. For joint yeah.
2: expenses, exactly. And once you've met all of those, then you have your separate accounts, which is seems to be the way things are going these days.
1: Just out of curiosity, here's a question. You have a joint account with all your joint expenses. Mm-hmm. I want to take you out to dinner for your birthday. Where does that money come out of? Joint account or my account?
2: Mm, that's definitely a personal <laughs> yeah. preference. My fiance and I pay for our, from our own accounts. <laughs>
1: if it's like treating the other person. Exactly. I'm sure it works. I mean every couple's different. How they figure out things, how they make it work is very different. But what are some common problems you see in couples who come to you? Some of the conflicts that they see that they didn't really see early on in their relationship?
2: Yeah. Sometimes it's just really hard to align the goals and how to achieve them. Mm. And so they come to me and they say, you know, this is what we want to do. These are our goals. We want to buy a house. We want to have kids. Um, this is what we make. How do we go about it? And so they come to me to determine what their goals, what their goals are financially because we'll set them up with what the averages are or what they exactly, what they specifically want to do. Mm-hmm. And then we'll determine what they want. Other things are like just keeping them on target, budgeting. And we've talked about this before a little bit, but how to make important financial decisions. And some of them just want a roadmap. They literally just want to come in and like get a financial plan and it on their own. A lot of them want hand holding. Mm-hmm. So in, in those times, what we do is we set up everything for them and we just kind of dictate, Hey, this is what you need to do. I know your situation. Let's get everything structured. And it turns out to be where, you know, in this day and age, everything's automatic. So bank accounts, you get your paycheck, right. things go in certain accounts, certain things are paid. And so it could, it could be that easy. But has, some people just want the roadmap as has well.
0: Has so.
1: anybody ever come to you and said, we're really facing this problem now, but we didn't realize that this was an issue?
2: I th- it's more like one, one, uh, one partner definitely knows there's an issue and they want to give a picture to their other partner what it looks like.
0: Mm. Uh, so it's like so people aren't on the same page. It's they're not on the same
2: page, so they're, they're they're coming one one is a saver, one's a spender, right? Mm-hmm. They come in and they we put all the information together for them, and we present it in a financial plan, and then both sides can see exactly where they stand.
1: Yeah, and also I think it's important to to talk about how everything is relative. So in spending habits, you may be a saver. In your own mind, right? You could also be a spender relative to your partner, right? Sure.
0: And it's not one or the other. Like there's, I think, like there's spectrums of the whole thing. I'm assuming, right? Oh, absolutely. So how can we? So we're we have some tactics. Obviously, your
1: goals need to be aligned. I think the goals discussion is something that can happen earlier on in a in a relationship. It doesn't have to be financial goals, but you know, people talk about. I want to be married with kids and a house. Yeah. How are you going to get there? Where do you want to be in 5 10 years? And that could be part of that discussion. Absolutely. It's how are we going to finance this, right? Right. Yeah. What are some really sensitive areas that people have a hard time talking about with you?
2: Oh, income and debt. Ah. Uh, Easily. Mm-hmm. Those are the first two.
1: Yeah. Okay.
2: Yeah. And I know that they're very sensitive subjects subjects because people don't necessarily want to talk about how much they've racked up, if they have. But Mm -hmm. at the end of the day, you have to start from somewhere. So nobody should be embarrassed by it, by the way. Yeah. You're starting from today. Uh Uh-huh. When you're creating your financial plan and creating your goals, what you do is find out this is how much debt I have. This is how much income I have. This is my starting point. This is not my ending point. So mm-hmm. this is what I'm working off of. Let me knock down my debt. Let me inc- increase my income. You know, there's multiple ways of doing all of that. So I'm sure we're not going to go into it here. But you need to game plan. You need to game plan and get your mind around mm-hmm. your, your financial situation in order to be maybe confident and go out and mm-hmm. –
1: I want to pose a question to you before we go into takeaways. So I find this very culturally different than what I grew up with. I'm, I am was born and raised in China. In China, if you want to date, you have to first present your pay stubs of how much you make. You have to own a house and you have to own a car for men, for men. So this is why there's an issue in China now because real estate is so expensive. Cars are so expensive that there's a lot of single men because they don't have these basic requirements. But, you know, for they argue that, you know, I'd rather find this out in the very beginning than start dating them, having feelings for them and realizing that we can't really build a life together. What do you think about that? Just get it all over (laughs) with in the very
0: beginning.
2: (laughs) I'm going to refer back to what we said before. (laughs) I think that's – I think that's amazing, number one. But I also think that all that stuff can be superficial because you can lose your job. You, yeah. can, loo- you, know, you mm-hmm. can lose your house if you go bankrupt. You can lose all of these things that you've done. But do you have the mindset to yeah. continuously, month after month after month, Structure your life, structure your budget so that you can be successful. Mm-hmm. And by the way, if somebody loses all of that, most people that know how to structure their lives and budget will bounce back. Mm-hmm. They can make it again. Yep. They can make it again. Yeah, point. Totally. But if you're a super big risk taker and you're you've taken on so much debt and you're just like, you know. Throwing spaghetti at the wall to see what sticks, generally, that doesn't work very well. Mm. So, you got to know who you're getting involved with. I mean, mm. are, is the person actually responsible with their assets?
0: Yep. Right. That's more I important. think that, honestly, like, we're going to go to takeaways. That is my biggest takeaway. Yeah. It's, like, all about the mindset. Mm-hmm. It's all about, like, scoping out what's a goal to someone and a priority to them because – Someone might not be thinking about having children and a family and mm-hmm. buying a house and whatever maybe, or building a life with another person. They may be just so in the now and like that might not work for you. So it's like making sure that you're on the same page. Mm-hmm. And it's not that one is right or wrong. It's just a personality and what they want out of life.
1: Yeah. And I think also when you have financial disagreements with your partner, it's more of a symptom of misaligned goals versus, you know, like people citing that as a number one reason for divorce. Actually, it isn't. It's part of a deeper issue, which is your goals aren't aligned. Right. So we have to define goals in relationships, even early on. When, even when you just start dating someone, it's good to know what their five year plan looks like or 10 year right. plan. What they want out of life. What they want out of life yeah. and how, more importantly, how they plan on getting there. Anybody can say, That's Oh, true. I want a yep. million dollars and a, and a horse and a car, <laughs> blah, blah, blah. But how, how are you actually going to get there? My second takeaway is, Mindset. Mindset, you keep mentioning mindset, and it's actually slowly making sense to me now. It's behaviors that you can train your mind to do. Mm -hmm. And it's not that you have to already be born with this mindset, but what is the mindset you ideally want to have when it comes to your finances? And it's also good to know what your partner's mindset Mm -hmm. is. And the third takeaway, which is related, is that where we are financially today we shouldn't be judging someone for their no. current status yeah. because we're all works in progress, just like we are m- mentally works in progress. So where someone stands today financially is not as important as where they want to be in the future. So it's more important to not so much judge them for maybe not having a job or not having like this house or car, but where do they want to be and how they plan to Yeah, or even there.
0: debt like if they have yeah. it like it's not that they're a bad person and they're not someone you can date it's like how they plan to get out of it if they disclose it like all the sort of what's their exactly? game plan everyone's got to have a game plan, plan. Exactly. but this also applies to people who
1: are very financially robust too you know right. you can't just say well this person seems very well off right now that they're going to be this way in 5 years they also need a plan everybody needs a plan so it goes for anybody who's who's lacking or they have an abundance. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, I'm gonna um, start getting my
0: finances in
1: order after this. <laughs> it's all about mindset. I'm gonna get into that space. You know,
0: actually, one other tactic that I have done recently that has been helpful is to like for a week see where you're spending money. Mm-hmm. So, like, I realized how much money I spend on like Starbucks and like see if you can like cut down on areas yeah. that aren't as like important. Or I realized all these reoccurring subscriptions I had. And I literally cut like four of them. Yeah. So like it's really helpful just to see what's going on. A big and picture. Not, yeah, it's not even judging or making a like budget from it. It's just seeing and then Yeah.
2: See where you can cut. I put myself on a one hundred dollar budget per week. Wow. Three times a year. Just to set just to just to see just, if you can do it. Huh. Just to see if I can still do it, just to get myself back into
0: be more frugal. Yeah.
2: And that doesn't include – of course, it doesn't include like, of course, got to pay my mortgage and all that. But at the end of the day, like, I don't need to spend – we all go out to dinner and spend 40 bucks on sushi or yeah, isn't that.
0: at least. I yeah. <laughs> literally
2: try and eat – with a hundred dollars, wow, and that's it
1: for a whole week. For a whole week, I, that's Holy like my God. groceries. Yeah, Jeez. I know. Just, <laughs> just have you heard of Soylent? That's the way to do I, it. I
2: just, I literally, do it for myself, just to just yeah. to ground myself.
1: I think that's a great that's a great tactic. Yeah. I and feel I like
2: it's not like a recommendation that everybody should go and do it. No, no, but, but it's
1: a good exercise. Since we're sharing, <laughs> and if you're like <laughs> yeah. my my ex boyfriend, you <laughs>
0: yeah, I mean, I think people need to find what works for them, but just like be more conscious. I think the other thing too it's like thinking about the future at the same like it's hard when you're in the now it's like but if you do want that stuff like got to think about it. I was
1: going to say, I feel like I've always been financially responsible, but after this conversation, I just realized I never think about the future. I'm very reactive with yeah. my money. So I just save or I spend, I save or I spend. If I spend a little too much, I save, but I don't think about like, what am I saving for? What is my five-year plan or three-year plan or one-year plan? Um, back to your tactic though, my ex-boyfriend and I in New York, we used to do um, uh, $100 weekends. So the two of us would have $100 for the entire weekend to live on. And it ended up being a really fun exercise because then we got really creative with things yeah. we could do as a couple.
2: Yeah. I've got something great in San Francisco. Urban hike.
1: Urban hikes are the yes. best.
2: They're the best.
1: Fantastic. They're the best.
2: It's, the city is seven miles across. Anybody can walk seven miles, right? <laughs> And just do it. There's a crazy amount of things to do in seven miles. And you know what
1: else you should be doing when you're doing an urban hike? Listening to our podcast. It's a great way
0: to kill time. That isn't is. It? That is. Clearly, Good plug. Good plug, for Clearly.
2: And while you're at it, go to www.gavaza.com. Welcome to it. You're just going to get everything done. Everything done. You can
0: save money, get your exercise on, and learn all about everything important. Email a financial, financial yeah.
2: advisor and say, exactly. let's get started.
0: After
1: that seven miles, you'll just be a better version of yourself. Why wouldn't you want to do it?
2: I feel ants up. I mean, why not?
1: But on a serious <laughs> note, if people do want to find you, they can go to gavaza.com
2: Correct. G-A-V-A-Z-Z-A. I
1: love that last awesome. name. And we'll Gavaza.
2: link to
0: your page as well so you can find it on our website I would love to
2: hear from your listeners definitely a little feedback even
1: and we also want to hear about how people do their own finances with their partners I'm so that's such an interesting topic everyone has their own tactics what works for you we want to hear all about it and of course we just want to have you as a guest on our show our listeners we can always anonymize you to protect your identity blah 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 you've heard the whole spiel but again we would love to have you as a guest on our show thank you Joe for coming on our show we really appreciate it appreciate it. I hope this gives people inspiration to take hold of their finances and take control of their future. Yeah. On that note, stay datable. Your action item for this week is to think about all of the financial pain points you faced in either your previous relationships or in dating. Identify these areas and figure out a plan to address them earlier next time you are faced with these pain points. Use some of Joe's advice, which includes observing spending habits, asking the right questions, and communicating your financial goals. So for example, if a major pain point for you is your partner's debt that you find out about way too late, then it's important to bring up the issue of debt earlier in dating in a way that's kosher, of course, such as you bring up that maybe you just finished your student loans, for example, and you want to celebrate and then see how the person you're dating reacts to that. If you didn't know already, in our off season, we launched a premium series called the Why Series, where we dissect, analyze, and offer solutions to some of the most common dating conundrums. We've had some great feedback on how actionable these episodes are, so check it out on our website under the tab Why Series. Or you can now buy directly from iTunes Music The most efficient way to meet new people is a combination of online and offline. 500 Brunches has your offline covered. Connect over brunch with new friends. Come alone or bring a buddy. There's always a table full of friendly faces, mimosas, and eggs benedict. Sign up at 500brunches.com and use the code DATEABLE for a free entry. To connect with us, visit dateablepodcast.com. You can also find us on Facebook, Twitter and Instagram all under Datable Podcast.